Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, guys? Josh Salvo here. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to uh, speak a little bit about our membership program that we created a little over six months ago at this point. Uh, if you're not familiar, what we did is we built this platform that gives members discounts of up to 50% off 90 plus startups. Many of these startups are the brands that we interview on this podcast. Um, So the reason we created the platform is really to help uh, outdoor enthusiasts discover new innovative startups really related to their favorite outdoor activities, whether it's skiing, climbing, hiking, camping, whatever, really, um, and be able to get a discount on them. So basically, in addition to that, you can also apply to become an ambassador for for these brands um, all from one location. You can do it basically with a click of a button. makes it super simple. Uh, we'll also showcase a lot of the new products that these brands are working on. Uh, you can get access to demo and trade show deals up to 60% off all of their stuff at the end of the season. Um, and lastly, we have a private Facebook group for everyone who participates uh, to get to know us and each other on a more personal level and really help us um, build the future for really the outdoor space and showcase new innovative brands. So if you want to check it out, head over to readyyeti.com slash members and uh, you can get your first month free. What is going on Ready Yeti podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the co-founders of Orsden uh, Ski and Winter Apparel, uh, Sarah Siegel. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited. Me too. All right. So let's start off with... um, describing uh, exactly what Orsden is and, and really to someone who's never heard of your business before. Yes. So Orsden is a, a direct-to-consumer ski um, apparel company. So what that means is we create really high-performance, stylish gear for your winter exploits uh, and we sell it directly to you online on orston.com or at events, uh, which means that you're getting a really amazing quality product for a more accessible price point. So we're trying to take elevated ski wear and bring it within reach for all uh, winter outdoor enthusiasts. That's really awesome. How did you get into this? What really led you to start a, an apparel brand in the outdoor space? So it's a bit of a a circuitous path, I would say, to how I became a skipreneur, as I like to say. Um, But I I was always interested in the retail industry and fashion and knew I wanted to start a a company at some point. Um, I went to business school to pursue an MBA in entrepreneurship and retail, but was never quite sure what my idea would be. Uh, I also happen to be an avid skier. It's my favorite hobby and, and activity to do with friends and family. And uh, Orston really came about from a, a light bulb moment, I would say. So I just graduated from business school. I was at Stratton Mountain, which is our home mountain in Vermont. I was searching for a ski jacket and could not find anything I liked that was not 800 or thousand dollars and even those things there were things wrong with them or or reasons that I didn't really maybe love the jackets 
And I thought, hmm, you know, there's got to be a better way to make something that is high performance and stylish, but not at these crazy price points. And I, you know, basically couldn't get the idea out of my head and spent months doing research on the, the ski industry and the space and uh, felt that there was really an opportunity for this type of brand. You know, we have really clean, minimal designs that transition with you off the ski slopes, but the products are still, you know, four-way stretch, waterproof, breathable, and really perform on the hill. And so it just really became this this passion project for me. And um, you know, spent a few years developing the products, and then we eventually launched the company. And I, when I say we, um, I mean my my husband Steve and myself. Obviously, he's an avid skier as well. So it's you know it's really amazing to kind of bring our our passions together to start Orston. How did you guys meet? Let alone a get married and then now start a company. So it's kind of like you're married twice. <laughs> it, it is, which I guess could be a little. Uh, it could be a little dangerous, but it, so far so good. So we, uh, before I went to business school, I lived in Washington D.C. So I actually uh, was working in politics of the time at the time. Very, very different than ski apparel. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we met um, through friends and in, in Washington D.C. And you know, skiing was something that we uh, bonded over pretty early on. Uh, we both really enjoyed it. Uh, Steve comes from a family of skiers and had ski race through college. His his great aunt is in the um, National Ski Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. And so, you know, something that we uh, we bonded over. But yeah, we met very far from a mountain. We met in a, a swamp in Washington D.C. about it's actually about ten years ago at this point. So, um, you know, still going strong, even uh, even with the company and, and everything that comes along with that, and, and trying to to start something. <laughs> it's crazy how quickly the time goes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, okay, so did you have any background in developing and really creating um, products? Like, how did you what What did you do that really? Um, when you got started, helped you get things off the ground and understanding what goes into really making a great jacket? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, a few things. So uh, first is that I had, I had worked at some, some luxury retail companies and uh, so knew about the space um, and, and high level about design. Um, secondly, what I did for two years when I was working on Orston and uh, had graduated from business schools, I worked at Revlon, the cosmetics company in brand management. And my role was to uh, basically take a product from conception and idea all the way through the manufacturing process to marketing it on the, um, on the shelf in the store. And so I, I really knew about the product life cycle and what to, what you had to do to bring something to life, uh, which was immensely helpful. You know, there were obviously some some gaps in some places in terms of a super technical performance product that had to be filled. And I would say we were very lucky to find some talented individuals with experience in the field to to help us with that. Um, and some of the, the more uh, fine tuned aspects of, of technical product development. Um, and additionally, 
uh, through them, you know, we had some, we've been fortunate to have some great manufacturing partners who uh, have, you know, decades of experience in this space with bigger brands and were willing to take on a, a smaller brand like Orston and really help uh, guide us through the process. So, you know, it was um, some, some experience that I already had and a lot of uh, learning as well to, to get the products to market. Yeah, I mean, uh, you never know what you're in for until you, you jump in. <laughs> yeah, and you really don't. I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, how do, how do you know when you should start a, start a business or when do you make that leap? And, you know, I think you just, you, you make the leap and there's, uh, there's so much that you learn along the way. And uh, there's really no way to get that knowledge without just taking those risks and, and kind of diving in. I mean, we're on our uh, developing our third product at the moment. And it's like, all right, like now we're like, we feel like we got the, the swing of things and, and we know the process and the partners. And um, but you, you really have to go through those those early stages to uh, to figure out what you don't know and and learn it. So you, you spent a few years developing and creating the product and really fine-tuning it to be exactly what you, you want to offer, right? So, mm -hmm. And then you launched in October of 2016. How did you go from launching to now uh, scaling and having um, the business that you have now? What did you do? Uh, what really uh, steps did you take that really helped you get the word out there and really helped you build the sales side of the business? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a... A good question, and I think you know, especially because we are direct to skier, as I say, and um, scale and awareness is um, something that can sometimes be a, a bit of a challenge. We're not in a ski shop, so it was a huge priority for us to uh, acquire our customers. I would say through uh, kind of four key channels. Uh, so one is your digital, you know, digital advertising and social media and, and kind of all this, the standard playbook for an e-commerce brand and figuring out for us what worked and uh, what doesn't on that, that side of things. And I think for us, it was, you know, at first we really didn't know what to expect if anyone would buy a jacket from a brand they've never heard of that they've never seen. I was kind of asking a lot of people, but we quickly found out that people will which was exciting. So then, you know, we really focused on, on digital acquisition. Uh, another thing that is huge for us is uh, partnerships. So finding like-minded uh, organizations from masters ski racing to other um, ski and, and snowboard related groups that, that we can partner with. The the great thing about being in the ski industry and I think generally outdoor active industry is it is easy to, to target and figure out who your segment is. Um, it's also, um, you know, it's, it's, it's also great because people are so passionate about those activities and those sports. Um, and so it's, you know, it's once you tap into the right networks, people can get really excited about the, the brand and the product. Um, the, 
third thing I would say is events. So as, as much as we would love for everyone to just buy our, our product online, uh, it doesn't quite work that way. And uh, you're really doing a, We do pop-up events throughout New England. So in uh, Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine mostly right now, we're scaling and growing those. We're going to be in Oregon in uh, the end of February, which is exciting. But doing little pop-up events so people can try on the gear and get to know the brand uh, is has been very successful. We we see great uh, conversion there, and then I would say the the fourth thing is more your your standard press. I mean, I think it's important, especially with a technical product, to you you know you want that credibility. Someone's going to look at the brand. Someone's going to Google it and be like, what are the reviews or, or you know where has this thing been uh, written about before? So we we focused um, a lot of efforts as well on on press, which were successful. So we were, you know, fortunate to be in things like business, things like Forbes and Women's Wear Daily, but also, um, you know, outside online and, uh, on the snow and, and other industry specific things. So I'd say it's, it's really a, um, you know, omni channel approach and it's, it's something that is still can be quite challenging as a small brand without, you know, million dollar marketing budgets, um, to, to get that type of awareness, but we're, uh, we're chugging along and, and, uh, sticking to our game plan. What sort of places would you table at like ski resorts or like breweries or like how, how would that? Yeah. So we, as I like to say that Oriston is kind of all about the Alpine life from the skiing <laughs> to the travel to the camaraderie. So, you know, a big part of that is, is off race ski. So what we've found to be effective is to go to lodges uh, or bars on or near ski resorts and kind of sponsor up race ski. So, um, you know, drinks on Orston, try out our gear. And it's it creates a really amazing environment. We were just did one two weekends ago in Killington. And I think by the end of the night, you know, half the bar had our, our sweatshirt on. And so, it's it's a really fun way to interact with people and get the the brand out there, and um, so we do those basically almost every weekend in the ski season. We have some sort of event, but we try to make it fun and not just like a standard, uh, you know, display or you know, here just try this on. Here's a rack at, at you know the base of a ski resort or something like that. Right? Was that at the Wobbly Barn up in Killington, or it was not. It was at a. Um, which is, I mean, the Wobbly Barn is like an iconic <laughs> uh, Killington uh, bar, but it was at a new place called the Highline Lodge, which I have to say I uh, I highly recommend. Good good crowd there. <laughs> Definitely, we'll check it out. I'm going to be up at Killington this weekend. <laughs> yeah, um, stop, stop in and say hi. <laughs> I will definitely check it out. Um, okay, so. You, you get rolling. You, you launch in October of 2016. Did you start off full time right away? How did you How did you sort of get things and then transition to the point where you now you now are full time? Yes. So we um, I got the idea for the business in December 2015. Um, we spent almost a year working on the idea. Uh, doing sourcing, finding the right partners, right manufacturers and everything, um, and tested our first prototypes in December of 2015. Uh, we, we went in 
you know, strong off the bat. The first place we tested them in was St. Anton in Austria. You know, we wanted to, to make sure that these would, uh, these would perform. So after we had those first prototypes, uh, I, I scaled back my other employment, which was at Revlon at the time and quit that in the spring of 2016. So I had a good about six months, uh, working, exclusively full-time on Orsten uh, before we launched. And that was during the time that the, the jackets and uh, the jackets were in production. We we're really finalizing all of the details for our launch, but it was, you know, it was a little crazy doing both. I would again, kind of recommend to entrepreneurs or anyone who wants to start a business, maybe, maybe give yourself a little more time to work on things full-time. Uh, yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy experience kind of that six months leading up to our launch. And so you guys used uh, your savings from your previous uh, work to really get things rolling. And then obviously with all the marketing channels that you put into, into practice, it sort of started to pick up and then um, really run on its own. Yes. So we're, you know, I think that something important for us and kind of why I always wanted to start a business was the idea of independence. And it was very important to me early on to be an independent brand and really, you know, put our money where our mouth was. So Orston has been uh, self-funded up until this point, or, you know, currently still self-funded, uh, with the exception of a, a Kickstarter, which we did last, uh, last, last winter for our pants, for our second product. Uh, but, you know, it really has been something that, uh, we've we've intentionally tried to grow organically and um, you know really really not rush it. Like we want to make sure we're getting it right and kind of quintessential products first, and not going out with you know twenty products all at once. Uh, we're looking to to really scale it sustainably. Now, did you have any mentors uh, over this period of time that really helped you figure things out? Um, both on the business side and then the product side? So I would say, you know, there's there's not one specific mentor. There have been um, a lot of people, you know, really, it takes a village, uh, who have given me their time and, and expertise to advise and help guide uh, the direction of Orston. You know, we have someone that works on the, the product side for us, which who has been uh, pretty, you know, invaluable with, with years and years of, uh, product experience. Um, and then also, you know, just, um, you know, a lot of support from, from our families, honestly, who have been extremely encouraging of this endeavor. And, um, it's, it's, I would say there's, there's a lot of people out there that have contributed to, to where Orston is today. Definitely. Now, we talked a little bit about the manufacturing process. Um, I wanted to ask you more specifically about um, sustainability and ensuring that um, your product is built in the most sustainable way possible. How do you guys tackle that problem? So it's a good question, and uh, it, it definitely is a, a problem that needs tackling, especially when you're making uh, really high-performance stuff. So you know, skiers want no, no compromise in performance, but then obviously everyone wants it to be sustainable. So it's, it's, you know, how do you find the right balance and the right balance for your company? 
Um, you know, early on, I would say we've really been focused on more of the uh, fair, fair trade and kind of labor aspects of sustainability. So it was really important for us to find a manufacturer that um, was aligned with our our beliefs and and. Um, we worked, uh, with someone who was certified by what's called like the Fairware Foundation, which is, is based in the EU and they produced for, uh, bigger EU brands that were members of this Fairware Foundation. And that was super important. And um, we've, we've, you know, been to the factories and, and on the floor where everything is made, which I think is really critical. We've, we've had some people approach us um, on the sourcing and development side and want to work with us and ask questions like, well, how much are you comfortable knowing? It's like, no, I want to know everything about where this is made and who's making it and, and the process that's going into it. So that has been huge for us. And um, we are, you know, researching and looking into sustainable fabrics that will offer the type of performance that, that we need in the gear. There's some interesting stuff out there now with um, recycled bamboo and, and some other products and uh, our our third product which we're working on it's looking like it will likely be made um potentially in the united states from from some recycled materials so you know we're super small at this point and uh we're you know unfortunately because of that not in a position to make huge strides in this area but it's something that we feel passionately about i mean obviously we want there to continue to be snow and continue to be winters. It's almost, you know, crass as that sounds. So want to make sure that our uh, processes for making these, these products are aligned with that ultimate goal. We, we love snow and we love winter and, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're keeping things that way. Now, what, what does a normal day look like for you? So obviously you're, you're in this business with your husband um, and you have some part-time people, contractors coming in and helping you. Um, but what, what does a normal day look like for you guys? So the the one thing I would say that is um, interesting about being in, in the winter sports business is it is it's so seasonal and it's so insane and so nuts for you know six months out of the year um, and then another six months is more just like a normal job or, or work day but um, you know on those those crazy six months um, I would say a typical day is uh, you know I'm I'm fortunate to be in, in Vermont near Stratton Mountain. So I do try to, uh, so I get up early and, you know, I'm answering all my emails. Like our, our manufacturers, current manufacturers are in Asia. So you wake up in the morning and you have all your emails from Asia with a 12 hour time difference. So once you've, uh, once I've, I've dealt with those, um, I like to try to sneak in a few runs up on the mountain. I it's good for clearing the mind and, and getting focused for the day. Um, and then it's, uh, it's back to work and, and work is, is really a little bit of everything. Um, from, you know, a lot of the, so I handle all the, the brand marketing side of things. We have a digital marketing agency with, that we work with. So lots of calls and, and interfacing with them uh, working on, you know, next year's products, my product development team. So there's always samples being sent in and fabrics to review and prototypes to review. Uh, I also, you know, jump into a lot of the, the customer support in e-commerce side of things. So always monitoring 
our sales progress for the day, uh, dealing with any issues because there always be issues that, <laughs> that come up no matter what your business is and uh, really trying to make sure that we're, we're keeping our customers happy and, and that they're liking their products. So, you know, I'm, I'm touching on everything from uh, the marketing to the operations to, you know, uh, cleaning the office. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> wearing every hat you can imagine. Uh, so it's it's fun. It's it's crazy, but you know, as anyone kind of is familiar with a startup or your small business, I mean, I'd say sometimes we feel much more like a family business than a startup. It's uh, it's always it's always crazy, and uh, you never you never know what you're gonna get. But you know, we feel so passionately about bringing this brand to people and, you know, letting people spend their, their money out on enjoying the mountains, not on their gear. And, and that kind of mission really drives us. So even when things get crazy, it's, you know, we're still very fortunate to be able to do this. And I, I think that every morning when I sneak in those few runs up on the mountain. Yeah. It sounds like you got a lot of free time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, no vacation days and no, no weekends either. Cause weekends are at these, you know, at these events and, and weekends are, um, that's like crunch time, you know, that's when you're out meeting your, your consumers and, and really pushing the brand. So it's, it's a 24 seven gig. Now, what, what is the significance of, of Orzin? Why did you pick that for the name? Yes. So it comes uh, from a French term for a snow bear, which is a, a, a stenege. Uh, so that's, it's not a real creature, but it's a, a mythical creature that inspires our brand. And, uh, you know, we kind of created Orston out of that term. So Orston itself is something uniquely, um, ours that we came up with. But we wanted something that kind of evoked, you know, what it's like to be on the mountain, so tough and playful, which is what our snow bear encapsulates. And uh, there's also a, a bit of a connection to Stratton Mountain. Our home mountain has uh, kind of a bear. It's in their logo as well, a, a black bear, so a different type of bear. So it's, it's also a, a subtle nod to our Vermont roots. I was going to ask if there was a connection to Stratton. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little nod in there. And uh, the bear, you know, with our logo, is, people are, you know, listening, you can't, you can't see it. But if you look it up, it's um, the O in Orston is, it kind of looks like a bear, like kind of resting on his arms or, or giving himself a hug. So it's, it's not a literal bear in our logo. It's just more evocative of a bear. Love it. Um, so what has been one of the hardest parts about starting uh, your business? You know, I think the hardest part, uh, it, you know, it really, with a small team, it really is that awareness. And, you know, we love our product. We feel passionate about it. We've got some super fans, but, you know, how can you scream loud enough so more people know about it? And, and really get the name out there to, to, you know, continue scaling it and continue, um, to bring more and more products to market. So, you know, it's, it's always, um, a challenge to see how we can be creative and, and make the most of, of the marketing spend that we do have, um, in order to, to really continue to get the brand out there. 
um, you know, I think that 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 is, and and it is also just you know we're we've or intentionally a small team, um, but that is always you know so challenging too. Like I said, I'm I'm wearing a lot of hats, but you know these are all challenges that we we knew existed and um, we're, you know, excited to figure out our, our creative ways to, to deal with them. And it's, it's been exciting. It's been exciting to see it grow. And, um, you know, every time there's, there's some new development with the brand, it's, it's always really exciting. Well, now what is your greatest fear and how do you manage it in regards to, to Orson? Uh, no snow. That's <laughs> right. a big one. <laughs> right. It's my biggest fear, uh, which we've, had a lot of in Vermont this winter, which is not good. Uh, so, I'm, but you know, generally speaking, I think some of them are more of these these macro issues. There's there's a lot in uh, you know outdoor industry that can kind of goofily be out of your control, uh, which can be a little nerve wracking. Um, so, I think you know that that is definitely. Um, one of my biggest fears. And then the other is that, you know, I, I, you know, everything is, is so personal and so passionate about the brand. And, you know, I just really, we try to work so hard to keep all of our customers, um, happy. You know, I think we really have a customer first policy and we, we try to. Um, and so it's, it's always, there's always that tension and, um, nervousness like you want to you want to make sure that that they're they're happy with the product and they like the product but that's good I think you need that if if you don't if you don't care about that it's it's not going to be a good brand so I think they're healthy fears to have and um you know you're you're obviously going to have them starting any sort of venture and you just gotta gotta keep rolling and and not let them uh take over too much yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, founders are perfectionists, me being one as well. <laughs> and so when you first start a business and you introduce a new product or whatever it is, um, it's never perfect. And being okay with that and like and um, uh, telling, sharing that with your, your first customers is, is always a hard thing. And then when you get that criticism and then you're, you have to like work towards it, it's definitely... Um, an interesting experience, but also like it's good because it, it helps you sort of figure out how to make the product better and constantly improve it because it, it will ultimately never be perfect because it can always be improved upon. Exactly. And I think that that desire, you know, if you, if you didn't want to always be improving and always optimize again, you know, it's probably, probably not a good, a good brand. Um, I would say one, one book that I actually read that that helped kind of put all of this in perspective, especially when you know taking that initial leap to start a business, and yeah, you want everything to be perfect, and how do you get it there, and and how do you iterate and grow is um, Shoe Dog by the Nike founder, um, and it's it's really interesting to read and see like okay, you know they had this this happened to them, this happened to them, this happened to them. They're small, it's years and years and years, and you're like all right. Um, you know, Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always, always, um, always challenges and always fears, but it's, uh, also some of the, the highest highs and you do have those successes, even just a really small young brand. Of course. Now, what have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made, uh, in terms of the business? Yeah. So I, I don't know if, I don't really like the word mistakes. I would say learning opportunities. Um, and the one, 
one big one kind of has to do with team and finding the right partners. Um, I've, I've, I've learned that uh, you, you really need to thoroughly vet you know, who you're working with on, on all different aspects of the brand and, and really kind of grill them and, and stick to your guns on, on what you're looking for out of them and what you your expectations are. I think uh, I'm someone that just, I like to get things done. I like to cross things off my to-do list. And it's like, okay, I found someone to do that. Great, like moving on. And uh, I've, I've learned that there's there's much more that goes into finding people who are the, the right fit for the for the team and and for the brand yeah i feel like it's a a recurring theme (laughs) it's true i'm I'm not alone no it's so true it's so important because you can have a great idea but if you don't execute it on it it doesn't matter and your team is so so important on that um it it really Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere. Like Ready Eddie wouldn't be anything if I didn't have my two partners. Um, you know, like, like I, and probably the same case for you with your husband. It's like um, without each other, like that, it just would never, never have happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, these other kind of the, the other team members and, and consultants and uh, people who have helped us along the way. Some have, some have helped us, and some have. Uh, you know, not really furthered our progress. So it's kind of learning when to, uh, you know, cut bait and, and find someone else and, and move on and end some relationships and start new relationships. And I think that that's, uh, that's been a big learning process for us in our first year and a half. Now, speaking about learning, what, what advice would you give to someone that maybe wanted to start a business in the outdoor lifestyle or apparel space? Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my heart or my gut would say, just do it, jump in and do it. It's amazing. Um, you know, being able to be in the outdoors or doing an activity you love and having that be your business really is, there's elements of that that are a total dream and that are amazing. My brain, especially my business brain would say, you know, thoroughly vet everything. Like you, if you have an idea, you have a concept, um, really try to find a way to make an MVP, uh, you know, like your minimally viable product and, and really try to, you know, do something to be able to test your concept and maybe test it for not a huge chunk of money. Um, and just be, you know, really do your, your research and your due diligence, um, that there's, there's product market fit, you know, there's, there's an opportunity, you have the right partners, you have the right experience. Um, because it's it's kind of, you know, once you dive in, it's a little hard to get back out and you want to make sure that you're, you're really fully equipped to do that. But if you're able to combine those two things, the, the business side of it and the passion, and you think that, you think that you can go for it and, and there's an opportunity. I, I say, I say, do it. I mean, there's, there's huge risk obviously, but I mentioned before, you know, it's, there's some low lows, but there's some really high highs and it's, it's a, it's a really cool experience. And I you know, would tell someone even if the idea is, is not the next Patagonia or whatever, it doesn't take off. <laughs> and you're still going to learn so much from the time and the experience that you've had you know, with trying to get that brand off the ground or the idea off the ground. 
Yeah, most times it'll take way longer than you think. <laughs> yeah, way longer and way more money. That's oh, way more money. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think it's going to cost to start your business, you know, multiply that by five or ten. I don't know, <laughs> depending on depending on what the product is. But um, but yeah, I think that uh, there's. I do think in the outdoor and active space, there there is a lot of opportunity for new young brands and um, some innovation. Not necessarily in terms of even product inf- innovation, but um, h- how how you're you know selling these products or how you're making these products, um, and uh, kind of the the business models involved and, and currently employed. Now, you've, you've touched on this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I, I want to ask you, where do you see Orsden in the next year, five years, 10 years, if you've thought about it? Mm-hmm. So it's something I think of often. So I think in the, you know, one to even five year time horizon, we're, we're still looking to really scale sustainably um, with you know, one or two additional products a year and uh, maintain our our independence, um, and continue to improve on, on our existing, um, you know, ideas and, and, uh, products, you know, longer term. Um, I think that it's, it's really just more of the same in 10 years, you know, more and more products, um, you know, expanding a little bit outside of strictly ski, but um, I think it's important to really stay true to your core values and and not kind of overreach or expand too much. You know, I'm not going to go. I will never say never, but you know, there's not going to be a surf line and a and a running line. You know, it's not not going to be all outdoors. You know, we really want to keep it in terms of winter, uh, the winter lifestyle and. Um, build build a brand that is all about this this winter alpine lifestyle like i said before from the skiing to the travel to the camaraderie and and be the one-stop shop for uh your gear uh also your you know your alpine travel tips uh, and really everything you need to know and have for a life well lived in the mountains now i want to ask you 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 um you stated that you want to stay specifically in skiing um is the seasonal part of the business at all concerning or do you feel like that there really is a strong model in there to really uh, thrive off of the seasonality of it? Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for sure. And um, I think we have a lot of discussions on, on kind of, you know, what do you, do you take on a summer sport? Like how do you, what's the, um, what's the direction there? And I think that you can, um, thrive and, and still be pretty, you know, ski, snowboard, winter sport focused. Um, you know, we've found just in our, not that long of existence, but even in the summers when we tried to do things, it was more like winter in the summer, our, our followers, our Instagram people, our customers, like not interested. They want, even in the summer, they want a skiing action shot in their Instagram. So I think the the play for us is more to follow the snow. So you can ski somewhere any month of the year, uh, depending on the hemispheres and where you are. So I think that there's some opportunity to kind of figure out how to, to do that and, and follow the snow um, throughout the whole year and um, 
you know, I think there's, there's other things that you can do, especially since we're online only kind of in more of your off season, really focus on, um, pre-sales and still having the new product, but finding other ways to still get people to come to the site and, and engage with your, your gear and the brand, um, and then kind of get them, them ready for the next winter. But, you know, it's something that's a challenge, but we're obviously, we were aware of when we launched the business and, um, you know, like I said before, as long as there continues to be snow somewhere, uh, hopefully as a small brand, we'll, we'll be okay. Well, what's the best part about running Orzen? Um, I, it really is, you know, a lot of it is the independence. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling to see something come to life and, you know, being able to have your hands in, in all different aspects of the brand. And, um, it's, it's kind of like a child and being able to, to mold it or kind of grow it into what you want it to be. It's, um, it's really, really a cool experience. And, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of pride too, I think that goes into, you know, when you see the product on the slopes. So on Saturday or Sunday at Stratton, it was skiing and, you know, some guy sits down next to us on the lift and he's wearing an Orston jacket, not a family member or a friend, I promise. Uh, and it's, it's really cool to, to, to see the, the product, um, live and breathe and, and grow along with the brand. That's really awesome. Now, I, I want to take a second to, uh, to mention the, uh, the partnership we're doing right now with the, with the giveaway uh, that we're hosting on ReadyYeti.com with Orsden and a number of other brands. Um, so if you're listening to this before February 13th, um, you can actually head over to ReadyYeti.com to enter to win um, a, a setup from Orsden along with a ton of other gear. Uh, from a bunch of other startups and uh, Sarah I want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with me and share your story uh, but for the listener that wants to keep tabs on on what you guys are doing going forward where's the best place for them to do that so there's a, a, a few channels that we'd love to to have you follow along with um, first is our Instagram we're at Orston Ski and uh, there you can really get a sense of what I mean by the, the Alpine life. Uh, we also have a blog called The Den, which I highly recommend checking out for travel and dining tips for mountains and resorts and, and other fun, uh, fun pieces there. Um, and then uh, sign up for our emails. We, we give you some great content and some great deals. So our, our gear is already at very accessible price points, but... Um, yeah, if you sign up for emails, you'll, you'll get even more of a discount. So those are the, the three places I would check out. That's awesome. And we'll have links to that in the show notes for anyone who wants to check all that out. But Sarah, again, I th- thank you so much for taking the time. It really was a, a blast. Yes, it was great. Thanks. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddy Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.